Lucy's Bar podcast. We're a bar in Hell's Kitchen on this cold, chilly, festive night. And once a uh, a week, usually, we discuss an issue of Daredevil going in chronological order from the beginning. Uh, and we're now up to issue 55. And joining me as always is Mako's Vix. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so well practiced. Oh, oh. And we have a very special guest returning. Uh, we haven't spoken to him in ages. It's Daniel. I know you've all missed him. Hello, guys. How are you? It's good to be back. Yeah, it's nice to speak to you during these festive times. Happy holidays. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so uh, we uh, we didn't have a guest this week, but um, Daniel's stepped in, and I know you're really busy, um, so thank you for stepping in. Um, and it would be fun to discuss this issue, because it's... I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we think of this issue. We'll get to it. Um, but first of all, we're a bar, and uh, because of that, we always have drinks. So what are you guys drinking today? Daniel? Um, I'm just doing my vanilla spice tea this Ooh. morning. It's, it's nice. Ooh. I guess it's morning for me, afternoon for you guys, but uh, I enjoy it. You wouldn't think it's afternoon. It's pitch black outside the window. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was thinking, I had... I. Uh, you guys always talk about your Daredevil cups and tumblers oh, and yeah, stuff, yeah. and I actually don't have one, so, you know, I might have to put that on my Christmas list is you know, a Daredevil tumbler so I can drink my tea out of it. The well, official... we'll get you a Josie's Bar mug. There you go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Vix has got an official Josie's Bar mug. I do have an official Josie's Bar mug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vix, what are you drinking? And is I... it out of your Josie's Bar mug? It's not, but it's because uh, it's a cold drink. I have got ginger lemonade in a glass bottle. Ooh, very nice. Um, I am drinking like a uh, kind of hot hot chocolate peppermint thing, and I'm also mm-hmm. burning a peppermint candle. Ooh. I'm feeling very pepperminty and festive today, so. Why yeah. not? And I've got my little, as I was telling Vix, I've got my little daredevil sitting on top of my tree. And I've now covered him in Christmas lights. <laughs> so, very, very festive in Josie's bar today. <laughs> so, this uh, episode, guys, we are discussing issue number 55 of Daredevil, um, which is entitled Cry Coward. <laughs> um, and a big thank you to Marvel Unlimited for making your website even less. Uh, even even harder to navigate because oh. it took me so long to find this issue. <laughs> oh, they used it's... to have 50, 50 pages of yeah. Daredevil comics and now they have 22 and they're not in order. Yeah, that's why like uh, I've been using the app Yeah, because it's so, like, there's actually because um, I put them all in the library and there's actually like uh, when you go when you open the app on the bottom of the screen there's a like a button that says library yeah and you go in there and it's all in um, but the in problem with the library is it doesn't give the summary which I need to no. fix the desk. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah anyway <laughs> but I, I eventually found it so yay uh, but this issue uh, was published August the 1st 1969 um, written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Gene Colan. Um, Stanley was the editor. Uh, Sid Shaw's is the inker. I don't know if that's the first time we've had Sid Shaw's. I think it might be. Yes, I think that's the I've seen the name. And I think I don't think we mentioned. I think it was last week Gene Colan was back on, 
as artists. So, are you happy to see Jim Conan back, Vix? Yes. Cool. Uh, yes, and Artie yes, Simek yes. is the letterer uh, for this issue. Um, and it, it, the plot is as follows Daredevil's reeling about losing a fight out of fear. The city labels Daredevil a chicken. But once <laughs> DD. Nobody calls me chicken. But once DD uncovers a mystery about Mr. Fear, a new foe and explanation for Daredevil's fright is revealed. I mean, very briefly, <laughs> a new foe mm. is revealed. It's like, hey, there you are. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> but um, is he? But are um, Did you read the last issue, Daniel? I did. I uh, I read the fifty-one through fifty-four. I kind of went back and reread them yesterday okay. to get caught up. So I haven't uh, had a chance to read or listen to the the podcast episodes yet, but I've at least reread the issues. Oh no worries. I think we we most of the issue last week um, we had Connor on. I haven't released it at the time of recording this. Um, we were discussing like the dra- the drama of Matt Matt's insane plan to load a mannequin onto a plane and <laughs> fake his death um, and try and steal well actually steal the cane from Karen. Um, <laughs> so mostly it was Matt being a dick. Last issue. <laughs> I mean, it's you would think that the whole fiasco with Mike would you know wear him off from doing all these dual identities and creating new identities yeah. and killing people off and mm-hmm. but nope we're we're still still doing it we're still doing it yes and it's not and the it's... last time he'll have extra identities either <laughs> <laughs> wink daniel wink <laughs> <laughs> um before we get into this uh this issue i want to mention um just a little bit of news that was breaking this week which is that, uh, to absolutely no one's surprise, Kevin Feige has confirmed that if Daredevil appears in the MCU, he will be played by Charlie Cox. And everyone went, hooray, we're not surprised at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still cool I mean, news. It, it is good news, though. I mean, at least yeah. they're not recasting him, but I think there's there would be just a massive outcry if they did mm-hmm. recast him. I think it's as interesting as well that they kind of confirmed it right before Spider-Man comes out, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that means that we'll get a little a little cheeky appearance. Um, so we'll just have to see. I mean, I feel like at this point, if everyone under the sun is not in that movie, it's just going <laughs> to disappoint so many people. Like, yeah. I mean, if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield at least don't make cameos, like, there's going to be so many disappointed people at this point. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I think it would... I'd actually find it hilarious if they weren't in it. I don't know why. Yeah, I, yeah so it would be pretty funny. For them to be in it. it would actually be a twist for them not to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know, it'd be funny. So we, we, we shall see. Um, and then other news, I actually have this issue in front of me, which means I can tell you guys about some wacky ads. Yeah. So, uh, let's yeah. first of all talk about the cover of this issue. I, I love this cover. I love this cover. <laughs> yeah. I feel that like this is it. such a classic cover of like around this time, like around the sort of fifties issues. I don't know what you think, Daniel. I do. I I, I think Gene Colan really does well when he does like perspective shots from the air, like looking down. Like anytime he does that, whether it's a cover or the interior page, I think it comes off really, really well. 
um, any kind of like an aerial shot uh, with Daredevil kind of over a ledge or, you know, swinging over like a precipice or something, mm-hmm. like it always really comes off well with, with Gene Colan. Yeah. Uh, wh- and why do you love this cover, Vix? Just because it's... I I like Matt getting shit <laughs> from people. <laughs> like, it's just, but yeah, it's just kind of like it, the way his face is all like contorted and it's like, coward, coward, coward. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I love it. It just... It just really amused me. <laughs> He's like reaching for the billy club and it like is coming out of his, his grip and he just hears or thinks he hears all the cries of coward below him. And yeah, I just, I love it. It's a, it's quite a simple cover, but it's, it's very effective. Mm. Other things that are simple and effective are superpower wristbands, uh, which there is an advert for in here. Uh, each 65 cents set of two for a dollar. Superpowered wristbands instantly gives grip, wrist and arm more power. Relieves strain on wrist, concentrates muscles, adjustable, double strap. Ooh. I'd do... buy that for a dollar. <laughs> you get two for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do we have here? New Ram jet engine burns gasoline. For boots, boots? For boats, cars, plane models, jet engine experiments. You know, when you do jet engine experiments. Science of jet propulsion, etc. No moving parts, easy to start. Runs on standard gasoline. Gives continual thrust, about six inches long. Adaptable to most models, comes complete. $1.75. What? For a, yeah, for a jet engine. What? $1.75. Yeah. I feel oh. like these are like the roadside attractions where <laughs> you have the big signs where it's like, you know, a giant yeah. mutated monster and then you like you pull off and it's just like a moldy potato. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What about live seahorses? Head like a horse, tail like a monkey, pouch like a kangaroo, change colour. Father gives birth to twenty five baby ponies from his pouch. Grow to two <laughs> inches long. Independently revolving eyes, protective armour, swim mate, entwined tails around each other, fun and funny, easy to keep and raise, nature's cutest oddity, set includes special one and a half quart aquarium seahorse hitchling post, this is so tiny, uh, two fresh live seahorses booklet, safe live delivery. So complete seahorse set, $3.98 for an aquarium as well. Yeah. So are these actual like seahorses? Like, I apparently reason, it's got a little like drawing. A of, yeah, it's got a little drawing of some seahorses. So I don't mm. like that. <laughs> I mean, they were advertising sea monkeys before. This time, it's seahorses. Like sea monkeys. Yeah, okay, but seahorses. Yeah. No, I don't like it. Oh, what about a live pet chameleon? One dollar ninety-five. No. No. Oh, you get two for that. It says you can wear them on your lapel. What is going on? <laughs> What's happening, 1969? What? America, UK? UK, UK, hon. <laughs> right, anyway, we start this issue and Matt is wearing his disguise of a green trench coat and matching hat. It's really not much of a disguise it's, at all. It's, it's very festive. I, I think he borrowed the idea from Cap because... Cap does it all the time when he's like supposed to be undercover and in disguise. He just puts a trench coat on over his uniform. Yeah. And like a hat. And it's like, dude, you're wearing bright red boots. <laughs> and a mask. You can, you can see the wings on the side of your cow. Because <laughs> you're 
Because you're wearing your cowl underneath the hat. Yeah. Like, but, what the hell? But Matt Murdock's dead, Vix. This is his life now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, he can still... He can wear his terrible wig. Oh, no, that... Did that blow up? He must have left it on the plane. Hopefully well, it blew up. Because he jumped out of the plane dressed as Daredevil, didn't he? So. Yeah, I don't think he saved it, you know. Well, he could go and buy another one. No, please don't. Uh, and he does say here he doesn't have as much as a secret identity to call his own. He's wandering aimlessly around as each breeze, each gust of wind seems to scream out, Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was yeah. really wondering in this issue, is he just, like, homeless for, like, the last couple of issues? I, where I, I think well, so. Well, because, I mean, technically, I mean, what did they do with his apartment? Because... I like, mean, I feel like it's... Because it was destroyed a couple of issues ago, and then, yeah. like, I assume, like, if he killed off Matt Murdock, he can't go back to his apartment because, you know... Yeah. You would think people, people would, would have be checking that. <laughs> found his lab, though, and put two and two together, you know? Yeah, unless that's what caught fire. Maybe. I don't Conveniently. Know. But he also does say that he thought by this point he it would have he would have sorted out Star Saxon and have <laughs> married Karen and whatever. So he thought this was going to be very temporary, like, you know, two days. Um. I don't know how he thought it was going to be two days because you didn't really have a plan for... It's like, I'm going to fake my death and then I'm going to find Star Saxon. Well, and then what? Are you going to... Are you going to kill him? Like, like because you'd have to because otherwise he would be alive and even if he goes to prison, he could still go, hey, by the way, Dedo was Matt Murdock. Yeah, and even if... And even if, like, to be fair, like, even though he's technically killed off Matt... Like, yeah. Star Saxon could still... Like, what's stopping Star Saxon coming out and saying, by the way, Daredevil was Matt Murdock? <laughs> I mean... Vix, I think you're overthinking this. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, you kind of have to, like, never go back to the Matt Murdock identity, though. Yeah. I mean, was mm. planning to just create yet another identity and try to explain all of this to Karen? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> like, if I was Star Saxon, I would have just come out and said, oh, yeah, by the way... I know Matt, Matt Murdock's dead, but he well, was dead. So who's this? So who's this dude running around in the Daredevil costume? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Star Saxon's busy with other stuff though, as we find out. Mm. He's got his own stuff going on. Karen is still clutching Matt's cane in Matt's memory and crying um, before he creeps into her room to steal it. Creeper. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what you think about, Daniel, about him stealing the cane. It, it was a little bit creepy, like the panel with him <laughs> just in, I guess, that was that the previous issue? Um, yeah. Where he just, I guess, waits on her roof for an hour until she falls asleep yeah. and then, you know, just comes in the window and, you know, stares at her for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very <It's>... creepy. <laughs> Uh, so we get this recap of sort of the last issue, really, of how he was challenged to fight Mr. Fear. He did. Um, Mr. Fear beat him because Matt suddenly um, had this kind of wave of cowardice go over him. And everyone's like, oh, you're a loser. You're a coward. A like I said last issue, like if you're fighting someone called Mr. Fear, who you know uses fear pellets, don't beat yourself up if you 
get scared because it probably you gets fear scared by the finger of doom oh yes as we said last week it was the fear finger he just gives him the fear finger and he feels fear uh, Mr. Fear has, uh, you know, refined his methods. Um, I don't know yeah. if you guys had an issue with the the two phase spread. Like, I really like the artwork on these first three issues. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I really, really like the art on on this issue. Um, I don't know if it was just the inker or what, but it really, I really liked it. It's very moody. Um, but like the two page spread, the, like the colors are so different on the two pages. Like I didn't at first realize that it, like the dialogue carried over. You mean so the one with like him in this... the hat on the left, and then the explosion on the right? Yeah. Yeah. And I had, yeah. Like I had to go back and reread these two pages twice because I didn't realize that like it carried over on the, the next page. Yeah, because the speech. If you look at them together, the speech bubbles go across like the fold. Um, but mm-hmm. like one of them, the one below, where he's saying still maybe everything would have been straight and straight itself out, they haven't coloured in the speech bubble on the left-hand page. So that kind of is coming from nowhere on the right hand. I mean, at least on Marvel Unlimited, it's quite weird. Okay, they they look like they're they're you know just like the white like speech bubbles, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's very like the colours are very different. So you have like almost like a white wash on the mm-hmm. left, and then on the right it's like the like a bright blue sky, and then the mm-hmm. explosion. So it's like the colors didn't even like match up. So I had to go back and like read it twice. This was kind of one of a couple of spots in this issue where like following where like my eye was supposed to go mm-hmm. like didn't didn't track. Actually, in the original issue as well, they've colored in the tail of the um, speech bubble. They've colored it in in green, whereas hmm. it should be in white over Matt's coat. Um, uh-huh. So that's like a, a you know that's just the colorist coloring it in when they they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is hard to follow that page, particularly when I was reading it on Marvel Unlimited, because you go through it sort of panel by panel, and you're like, okay, hey, so you probably what? have the issue if it kind of like it follows. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm reading it from the trade, so when I opened it up, it was mm-hmm. just it, it was kind of hard to follow for me. Uh, so Dee Dee's swinging around doing his own thing. Um, here's some muggers. Goes down, tries to put these. He's muggers like, away. oh yes, maybe this will make me feel better if I just. <laughs> yeah. He didn't. You know. He didn't uh, count on uh, meeting Big Pete. No, and when not. Big Pete whacks them, they stay whacked. <laughs> if it's a wallopin you want, <laughs> it's a wallopin you shall have. And Daredevil actually thinks to himself from depression to overconfidence in one easy lesson. I was like, Matt, that's your whole life. <laughs> is, is that like the first time they've actually used the word depression? Yes. Coming out of him. Yes. I thought so. I feel like that that sums. I don't know. I don't know what you think, Daniel. I feel like that sums up Daredevil quite well, from depression to overconfidence. I mean, actually, yeah. I mean, he's. Everyone talks about him, you know, having the depression, but I think he does have a a touch of bipolar, where he goes from you know super lows to super highs. Mm. But uh, yeah, I really like his his depression by by he. I'm just thinking of like the Mark Wade run where he. He coats his depression. He's like, oh, I'm starting to feel depression. I'm going to be overly happy, you know? Wait, mm. well, yeah. He does cut, suffer from king shit syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Where he thinks he's king shit. <laughs> I didn't lot. know that was a medical term. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. That was like the first mention. Um, 
Daredevil's getting beaten up by Big P, and then he turns around. He's like, "No, please, no, don't hit me!" Ah. So we know something's up with him. Um, we're not sure exactly what yet. Um, so then I have an ad in my comic, mm-hmm. which is famous name prizes or cash from Olympic. Um, so apparently you have to sell beautiful Olympic printed Christmas and all occasion cards and you get a little sample book for free which contains samples of fast-selling Olympic cards and it's yours to keep and uh, you sell cards and then in exchange you can win amazing prizes. I would say you're earning them, you're not winning them but if you sell 26 boxes you can get a two-man rubber boat. Or if you sell six boxes, you can get a go-go calendar watch. Wow. Okay. If you sell 30 boxes, you get an English bicycle. Six boxes, you get a Ouija board. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. If you sell... I'm just looking. If you sell six boxes, you get an archery set fix. Hey! Um, Yeah. So this is interesting. What is going on in this issue? Like, seriously, what is... This is the first time I've seen this ad, so I thought I would mention it. I'm a little bit disturbed today. I mean, you can still apply. They 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 run out of Connecticut, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Send me the number. <laughs> you want that archery set, don't you? I do. So uh, it's basically just like a pyramid scheme with kids. Anyway, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so Daredevil's kind of flinching at Big Pete's attack. The police come along, um, and the muggers are just laughing at him. They're like, yeah, you can have him. He couldn't lick a used stamp. <laughs> and then everyone's kind of throwing Daredevil some shade, and and he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Leave me alone. I love how, like, all of the cops, I don't know if this in the 60s this is how they dress, but they all look like they're from, like, the Wild West with you know, <laughs> six guns and they're like, you know, bullet belts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. <laughs> I like the guy um, that's like, the guy who was being mugged, who's like, uh, thank you, Daredevil, for your help. And he's like throwing him major shade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Thanks, we talked last issue about the judgy monkey at the end of the issue. Yeah. There's a lot of like judgy looks to Daredevil in this issue. There is. You know? There is. Um, so we get this close up of Daredevil putting his his billy club or taking his billy club out of his holster, I guess, because it was in I the don't know what he's, Yeah, I don't know what he's and doing. I think that's meant to be a little hint that it's the billy club, but you know they don't really. You know, oh really yeah, um, I never really thought about that, but yeah, you're right. I think that's them sort of hinting at it. Um, so he basically he's feeling a bit sorry for himself and he's basically says you know i can't uh go you know up on these high story buildings um because 20 stories high is no no time to get uh, acrophobic acrophobia i don't know what acrophobia is compared to vertigo i don't know if it's is it like acrobatic phobia (laughs) i'm scared of it's um it's like the, the fear of heights Ah, okay. Yeah, um, I was. I, wasn't I only sure. know that from the the Charlie Brown uh, specials, where oh. you know, there's a 
Charlie Brown specials where, you know, she does like the little psychologist stand and yeah. she goes through all like the different like phobias. And that was one of the ones she mentions is acrophobia. Oh, cool. See, I've not Charlie... heard of acrophobia. I just always thought it was just um, vertigo. But I guess vertigo is more the physical sensation, you know, like the mm. from maybe having acrophobia. Um, yeah, kind of like, uh, arachnophobia is like fear of spiders. I guess yeah. it's just like a term for it. Yeah. Uh, so he's feeling a bit sorry for himself and he says his super senses are all he has left. And meanwhile, people are watching um, watching him out the window of a passing car and feeling sorry for him, this couple. They're sort of like, it can't be true what they say about him. Uh, but they say he looks like he's the ma- a man on the verge of total defeat. Oh. No, um, I, don't, I don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I've still not forgiven him for his ridiculous shenanigans in the lead up to this. <laughs> um, he says that he planned, by now he plans to tell Karen everything, that he loves her and he wants to marry her. Um, and then he, he, has, he throws a little one-man pity party. And he's like, oh, you know... Um, Basically, she I couldn't bear her pitying me for being a blind man. I couldn't bear her to pity me if I was a coward as well. It's like, Matt, this is purely a chemical thing. You're fighting Mr. Fear. He's obviously done something to you. Come on. And then he says he feels like he's got his own guardian angel. Only he watches to see that nothing good happens to him. I really like this. I really like it as well. This whole page is, is I love the art and like him stepping in the puddle and then mm-hmm. you get to see Mr. Fear like coming out of the puddle. Yeah. Um, this, this whole page was, I was like in love with it. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I'm, I'm happy to have Matt feeling a bit sorry for himself. It is, a lot of it is of his own doing, mm-hmm. but that's one of the things I love about his character. <laughs> I know. like that it's. Like I said, I, I, this is kind of doing what I wanted the first issue with Mr. Fear to do, mm-hmm. in that it was actually exploring his psychology a little bit with yes. like you know, the fear agent. Um, I find it interesting that he's more concerned about being pitied than yeah. almost anything, where you know that's like almost the driving force behind him being Daredevil and doing mm-hmm. all these things is to kind of show, I guess, himself in the world. You know, hey, just because I'm blind, just because my dad never let me go out and do, mm-hmm. you know, athletics, I, like I'm not helpless. You know, I, I don't yeah. need people's help. I don't need someone to help me across the street. You know, it's I think at some point he even says, like, you know, that's what every blind person wants is just, a, you mm-hmm. know, a chance to do it themselves. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that that's such a driving motivation for him is not to need help, not to be pitied and to, mm. you know, to be strong and powerful. That's actually one of my uh, favourite panels in this comic, the one you were just uh, speaking about, is the one where he says, uh, you know, he he basically says um, the one emotion he can't bear is, um, is when people feel pity for him. And then he says, when he was Matt, it was always, watch your step, Mr. Murdoch. May I help you across the street, you poor man? And he says, I've had a belly full of sympathy. And I really like that. So... It is getting into his psychology a bit more, um, as you said, I think, as this issue goes on. And, you know, there's a lot of goofy things in this issue and a lot of it, Matt's problems are of his own making. But I do like that, like you said, that little insight into 
what is behind him being Daredevil is like yet another reason, a little layer on it's top like of what, everything else. What I find so interesting about that though is that that's literally all Karen does with him is pity him. Yeah. And he's still in love with her. Yeah. Which yeah. I find really strange. Yeah, I was wondering if that was what was causing so much issues between them early on. I guess you can kind of add that in was, you know, early on, Karen, like you said, just wanted to take care of him. You know, she Mm. that was like the biggest thing. She was just kind of this wounded bird that, you know, she could take care of. And that's the exact opposite of what Matt wanted. Yeah. Mm. And yet, like, he's all this time, despite (laughs) the fact that, like, she displays, you know, all the behaviors that he hates so much. He's just like, oh, I love her so much. And it's like, <laughs> okay. But, Will, when we get into some of his other relationships, you, I mean, you haven't read the comics, obviously, Vix, but, like, no. even as an example in, like, say, the Netflix series, which you've seen, you, he has a very different relationship to, say, Electra than he does to Karen. Yeah. Because they both provide different things that he needs. Yeah. You know, I just of them I, are one hundred percent perfect for him because I know. I just find it really odd that you know he's so like anti, like oh god, I hate being pitied. It's ridiculous, mm. you know, and all this stuff. And that's literally all Karen does is like pity him and feel sorry for him, and yeah. you know, like fuss around him and stuff. And it's like, but you're in love with her. Like I don't, I don't get it. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it just like over time, like she got to be. Because I mean, that's definitely where she started, but I guess maybe yeah. over time she gets more of a respect on, you know, what he can do. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of plays with, you know, the multiple layers of Matt that he can't show his whole self to, like, mm-hmm. anyone. Um, so I, I think that was what was holding him back so much. Well, like, oh, well, if I could just show you what I can do and what I really am, like, you know, but I just, like, can't. And it was all that, you know, that kind of soap opera drama that goes with it. I guess. Also, we get another mention, which is some, it's something we mentioned before in the issues, where this whole, the whole timeline is very wonky, and it is in just comics in general. You know, things that have yeah. taken place over fifty years. There's no way they could have. There's no way Peter Parker would still be in his twenties. You know, when it's been going for years and years and years. But they do mention in this that the first time he met uh, Mister Fear was in 1964. Now, this mm. issue came out in 1969, which would mean that it's five years. Yeah. Um, or even more than that. No, yeah, five years, and um, and that would mean that this Karen and Matt love triangle <laughs> has been, going, been on going on for five on. years, which makes it even more, more you know, ridiculous because there's no way. Um, but obviously, you just have to imagine everything is a lot more condensed than it is. Mm. But it's that's the issue with comics in general, you know. Yeah. Um. I love this panel of Mr. Fear standing on the roof. Yeah, looking <laughs> magnificent. Yeah. He's so great. Majestic. <laughs> he, I, I, his face doesn't look like a skull in this picture. He looks like some kind of orc. Yeah. I'm not really yeah. sure what's going on with his face. Um, he's got like, a, it took me a second, he's got like a like a scarf underneath. So you're looking like kind of up at him. Oh, has so he? like the is that what part it is? of his face is like covered with like a scarf. It's like the same thing. color. I think it's like part of his, isn't it? Like it's like a um, his cape has got like a hood, I think, mm. and it kind of like wraps around the front. Yeah, it's it's I some think. kind of something. He's got like a piece of like a, a cloth or something that's mm. like a, like the lower part of his face. So yeah, it does make it a little bit weird. 
I just think he looks magnificent. He does look magnificent. <laughs> Even with his new orange in his with costume, his which I'm window. not a big fan of. Um, I just so think... is this uh, right up there with the plunderer, or you know, just below it, or you know, where does uh... this rank on the plunderer scale? Well, I'm no one is as fabulous as the plunderer, but you know, this is a pretty good outfit. This is like pretty. He's like you know, living his full, um, you know, full villain life. Which I love. To me, in this, it's not so much his the way he looks. It's just him standing on a roof in the rain, like just think, just like thinking to himself, being like, "Wow!" Because <laughs> he's not talking to Matt. He's just standing there. He's just standing being evil, there. and I enjoy it. <laughs> in just in the breeze, and yeah, love yeah. it. It's just great. Um, Matt feels sad because it's starting to rain, <laughs> and he's like, "That's all I need." <laughs> Um, just the endless pity party (laughs) seriously Uh, so he goes back to the old office uh, which is where him and Foggy office used to have Nelson and Murdoch and he senses a light uh, coming from there Um, so he heads in, the doorman just lets him in yeah, (laughs) Joe the doorman good old Joe Uh, and he's like yeah go on, go on daredevil why not Um, and he's like oh yeah I I, um my money's on you against Mr. Fear. And Dad, I was like, yeah, thanks. Cheers. Yeah, it's, it's sweet. This is where he says that really he can feel that Joe pities him. But mm-hmm. I think maybe, Matt, I think you're you're just... Uh, I think you're projecting. Projecting, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you're projecting your pity party onto other people. Uh, so he heads into Nelson and Murdoch and they are getting these files um for foggy to look into um and karen is wearing a brown dress yes i I don't don't like it it's it's terrible yeah what what do you think um daniel i was wondering what you guys thoughts on this was because i was not a fan of just like the all brown look um it kind of just looks very blah yeah almost like she's wearing like a I don't know, like a towel or a trash bag or something. I don't know. But, uh, uh, yeah, I was wondering if what you guys' thoughts was. But, yeah, this was going to be my uh, one of my boots, this issue, was yeah. her, her brown dress. It's her morning outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is morning, bless her. But uh, that's it's, true. Yeah, like, even her hair's flat. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is flat. It's not, not looking as good as usual. Foggy's looking all right, a bit rumpled, but he's looking very dapper with his with his yellow waistcoat and yeah, he's, yeah. I feel like in that panel where he's on the phone, he looks his face is very classic Foggy in my yes. opinion. Yes, yeah. With the, the sort of I don't know, slightly curly hair, he just seems that's that's Foggy to me, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually, just pulled up the. Like uh, Foggy's wiki page the other day, just because I think he he says Franklin P. Nelson, and mm-hmm. off the top of my head, I couldn't remember what the P stood for, so I had to look it up. Um, it's Percy, by the way. Yeah. Percy. Yeah. Um, but they were actually talking about how his look fluctuated in the early issues, and mm-hmm. it was actually Gene Colan that kind of cemented like Foggy's look. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is he, he. You've had like little hints of like classic Foggy, but I feel like this is the first panel where I've been like. That's foggy because in like the yeah. first issues he was drawn very similar to to Matt, um, and there was I, I can't remember what there was one issue where we said he was drawn really strangely, like it just wasn't yeah, they... at all. But in this, 
the the face just to me and the build and everything is just very mm. foggy. It's like they couldn't uh, the like in the sort of the earlier issues. It's like they couldn't decide because in some issues he would look about twenty years older, mm. and in other issues they you know he looked around the same age as Matt. You know he was like skinnier than he was wider. It's like they couldn't quite settle on mm. exactly how they wanted him to look. But this yeah. is like like really is like like you said this is foggy. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this is like perfect foggy. Yeah. Um, so, Dead walks in. He's talking to Karen and Foggy, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll do anything you need to help." Obviously, they at they, this point they think that he is someone they don't know who was trained by Mike Murdoch, um, and have never met. You would think that Foggy would cotton on that this is Matt, but never mind. <laughs> like, yeah. <sighs> Um, and Matt wants them to find out all about Zoltan Drago, who was Dr. Fear. So Foggy obviously uses his powers of being DA to pull some strings and uh, find out some details about him. You also have uh, Karen kind of excuse herself from the room um, during this exchange. So a little bit more of a hint on kind of what's going on with her, especially the last couple of issues. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that, Vix? Well, and then Foggy going like, "Oh, his, you know, Matt's death has hit her really hard, but she really needs to get over it." It's like, <laughs> Foggy, seriously, bro, come on. Foggy's not one to dwell. He's really not. Like, well, you know, he's telling Matt to get over his dad dying, and that is like, <laughs> it's like, dude, like your best friend, apparently your best friend. Um, I dubious, you know, it's just died. Like, do you do you feel nothing? Like, come on. He's gonna cry to Deb later at home. Yeah. So, but yeah, like Karen's, you know, she's obviously like she's, you know, according to the comic, has just lost the love of her life. So, so we Um, all know where Deb is. Really, she's taking down the establishment. Yeah. (laughs) She's dismantling the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, yeah, Karen has to leave. She's not feeling very well. Um, Foggy thinks that it's because he mentioned Matt and she's not over his death yet. And um, and then basically Mr. Fear is living his best life. He's mm. holding up all these police officers. He's holding up this, uh, this car that's containing all this money, this like truck. Uh, we have this guy who looks like the Riddler in the foreground. I, I love him. Except he's, he's wearing like... an orange jacket. He's wearing green trousers and a little green bowler hat. And I was like, is that the Riddler? On the well, on um, on Marvel Unlimited, like he's he's wearing his coat's red and the rest of his outfit is green. Oh, so he look, he looks like a little Christmas tree. Oh, he's I know. So yeah, it's definitely is. more. It's definitely more orange in the comic book, but then I'm looking at it and it is the same color that they use for Daredevil. It's just, mm. it's more of a vermilion rather than a, a red, but... Oh, he's very festive. He is. Oh, maybe he's off giving out Christmas presents or something, who knows. Uh, so, we get lots of names in this issue, because earlier we met Bob, and now we meet Charlie and Dave, these two <laughs> security guards. Um, so... I just love, like, having, like, the random, you know, bystander or police officer that you get a name for, and then... <laughs> You know, you can create a whole little backstory for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, but Vix, here's a question for you. 
okay. Wouldn't it be fun to make a see-through skyscraper as high as your ceiling? Or garages as wide as your wall? Yeah. You can. You can. All you need is your imagination and snap together Matchbox home displays. Each plastic display holds five models and they stand on the floor or a table or hang on a hook and they'll keep your whole Matchbox collection neat and clean and on view. Buy one or two whenever you can. And don't worry if your city takes time. Remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I need it. Yeah. It's, It's pretty cool. It's like just these little clear boxes and they're 49 cents each. Oh, bargain. Nowadays, it would be ten dollars. I was say, what's like, what's the inflation on that? <laughs> God knows. Uh, so this heist is going down. Um, Mister Fear uses his Rapello ray, which also acts as a flare. Okay, oh. and uh, which to blind um, the hapless heroes, and it means that this truck uh, crashes, and that is when Daredevil appears. Which I I had trouble following this because yes, apparently there's two cops like in yeah in front of a, in the Tell truck I guess days. and like one of them gets out specifically to like get him to open up the back so mm-hmm. like the other two guys are waiting but then the other guy like just, I guess jumps into the the driver's seat and just like floors it like... I think so yeah yeah I, happening. It, I found this really hard to follow as well I was like wait how many people are there yeah, yeah. So there's two two in the back isn't there. And, but he didn't see a driver, so it must be the first guy getting in to the to the like the well, truck. I think there and... was three. There was two in the back. There was Charlie and Dave, and then there was one in the front. Right. Okay. Well, I, was, I thought there was four because it, it mentions <laughs> like because like the guy the driver like gets out. Yeah. And then he's talking about like oh he'll open up the thing and then. Uh, and then he says, yeah, so there was another another guard up front who, who ducked up his life when I attacked, and now he's taking, uh, trying to shake me off. Right. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's more of a tell-don't-show kind of thing. Mm. Right. I think all four of these guys are dead now, though, because this truck flipped. <laughs> right. So, we didn't <laughs> know them long. Straight into a brick building. Yeah, <laughs> poor Dave, Charlie, and Jack, and Nigel. <laughs> I don't know. Nigel. Poor guy. Um, so, Mr. Fear is going to shoot Daredevil, but his gun is jammed. Oh, no. Um, I know. Uh, it's jammed by pop convenience. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then Mr. Fear's like, doesn't matter, I've got my little floaty disc UFO thing um, that I did last time. And uh, let's fly above the city streets and have a fight. And so he whizzes off into the air, and then Daredevil's like, okay. And swings up um, as well. And uh, is feeling fine, is not feeling kind of dizzy or feeling any dread or anything like that as yet. Um, but that does seem change. And lots of people are cheering Daredevil on from the streets. The fickle New Yorkers. Oh. <laughs> They're so fickle. You'd think they'd be used to, like, you know, superheroes and villains floating around in the sky by now. That they wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they... I feel like... If you live in a city, like I've been to New York and, you know, I'm from near London, I feel like you get used to seeing amazing things very quickly, you know? Yeah, and especially like New Yorkers. It's like, yeah. you know, eh, if you've seen like one superhero dueling a supervillain in the sky on a Wednesday afternoon, you've seen them all. Yeah, just be like, oh, 
I just, I, just, uh, oh, I just want to get home and another one. Oh yeah, is it gonna is it gonna affect my commute? That's what yeah. I want to know. Yeah, that's that's you know. I feel like people would be like, oh, very very quickly. They'd be more like, especially New Yorkers, it's like more of an inconvenience. Though, <laughs> and Londoners, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. We'd be like, we'd be like, get out of here, Captain Britain. <laughs> I love the little panel of like it's like the crowd cheering when mm-hmm. you know they're fighting up on the platform, and like so many of like the crowd just look like they're ten. Yeah. So apparently this is like just a thing you bring your kids to and be like, oh, there's a death match going on. Let's let's bring little Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's kids. It's taking let's... place over the local orphanage. <laughs> yeah. Come on, kids. Let's go and watch some people die. Well, it was like in the last issue when um, Daredevil faked his death and jumped out of the plane. The guy who owned the plane was like, hey, little Billy, come and look at this plane exploding. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I'll go get help, but they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so we work out at this point that Matt has, or Daredevil has worked out what's going on because he mentions about using his Billy Club. And the fact that he collapsed into a shivering mass of nerves when he used his billy club. Um, and he basically explains it to uh, Mr. Fear as they're fighting. Um, and he says that he knows that this guy is not Mr. Fear because Zoltan Drago um, had a, a whole list of phobias, one of which was a cringing terror of heights. So there's no way he'd be whizzing around on this little UFO thing. Um, and... Mr. Fear's like, yeah, I killed him weeks ago and I used his last fear pellets on you. Ha ha. And then I was like, yes. And that's how I worked out that you're really Star Saxon. And it's very <gasps> rushed, this whole last bit. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like this is so... You're like reading it. You're like, wait, wait, what? Oh, he's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I would have gone away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky kids. <laughs> um, so yeah, Daredevil whips the mask off of Star Saxon. And Star Saxon falls to his death. But I love that the words following him down is die. <laughs> <laughs> like who's saying that? That's him, because he Star Saxon says to Daredevil, "And uh, you're no use to me now, and so you must." And then he falls, and he goes die. It's great. Like, I was Daredevil so says, oh, he fell to his death. I was like, mm, I think he put this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Is he dead, though? I don't know. It's, it seems a bit rushed for the death of someone like Star Saxon. I don't think he's dead. I feel like you <laughs> you think Star Saxon's way more of a classic Daredevil villain than he is. <laughs> it's just a bit of an anti-climax. Because, like, Daredevil doesn't really kill people. Hmm. And, like, this guy's like, oh, whoopsie, he fell over, he's dead. Whoops. It's very, yeah, I agree, this is very rushed. What's it's like what literally think, two panels. Yeah, I mean, I was the same way. This was another, like, couple of panels where, like, I had to read it three or four times to kind of get mm. what was going on. Um, because he just, like, falls off. So I'm assuming he was trying to, like, punch Daredevil and, like, he missed and just, you know, overextended and fell off the little platform. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I'm assuming. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was very... Like, you know, I kind of wanted to know, like, well, how did he even know, like, Drogo and, and or Targo, however you say his name? Yeah. And, like, how did he come in contact with him? And how did he, like, get his equipment and, and all this stuff? And how did he kill him? So there was a lot I kind of wanted to 
to like dive into. And like I said, mm-hmm. it's just basically a page where it's, oh, here's the explanation for everything, and then the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so Especially when this character's been going on for, you know, several issues. Yeah. And has been a big, th- a, big, a big threat. He's the only one that's known that Matt is Daredevil. Mm. Like, thus mm-hmm. far. Um, and, and suddenly, like, he's, yeah. And it's almost such a big rush at the end that we don't even get the sort of next time on in Daredevil, this is going to happen. You know what I mean? It's yeah. literally just like the end. <laughs> and it's like, what? Hang on, what? And, and, he, and he died. The end. Yeah. So Matt lets this this little flying disc UFO thing crash. Hopefully not on the orphans, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it basically, I mean, Matt says that Star Saxon died lunging for the Billy Club. I I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to see what what happens. Um, mm. But what he did was he concealed these fear pellets in the Billy Club, and then he used the uh, the little flying disc thing to time when the fear pellets were released. Um, which I thought was interesting because I would have liked it there to be more of a clue that it was the cane by maybe Karen having some of the effects, mm. like the mild fear effects, but then. Matt and Foggy thinking it's because she's grieving, you know what I mean? But maybe she's... Oh, yeah. I it think still that doesn't been explain, cool. like, the fear finger. Well, because it wasn't the finger, it was... He did the finger and then he must have, like, done something to mm-hmm. uh, to make the, the pellets come out. I wish it was the, the, the fingering of fear. Because <laughs> 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 I, I love the fear finger. Um... Uh, yeah, so it was the it was the flying disc triggered the the gas pellet uh, gas pellets during the battle, um, and it was it was his revenge on him. But there's not any explanation as to how, like Daniel said, how Star Saxon knew about yeah. uh, Sultan Drago, how he knew, like how he knew any of this. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense and I think Connor said last issue that you know we're in like in the Roy Thomas era like if this was Stanley that wrote this he would have over explained it Roy Thomas tends to under explain stuff Mm. and you just go okay you know you just go with it but did you feel unsatisfied by this ending for Star Saxon then Vix I did very (laughs) He's, in all his he, fabulousness, <laughs> he, he deserved. He deserved more. Are you still going to get that Star Saxon tattoo next to the plunderer on your leg? I think I might get Mister Fear instead. <gasps> That's just a slap in the face to Star Saxon. I'm like, well, I might get all of it. Like, I might get them both, but okay. Mister Fear's pretty. Like, he's pretty fabulous. But then, I guess technically, I could get like the Mister Fear, and people are like, oh, Mister Fear. It's like, oh, but it's Mister Fear. With Star Saxon underneath. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> uh, so that is the end of the issue. Um, in the actual issue I have in my hands, um, there aren't any more ads really, apart from the brand new Marvel swinging inflatable plastic pillows again. They're still flogging those. They're still they? flogging those for one dollar fifty plus fifteen cents postage. I wish I could get. I actually want a plastic pillow of Thor. Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think they're selling them anymore. Um, yeah. And then there is the letters page. There's not really any letters that stood out to me, though. Um, so never mind. Oh, well. um, although on the back, 
Uh, I thought there's something that you'd be interested in, Vix, which is uh, if you need extra money and you know just 10 people, you can make 50, 100, 200 dollars or more in your spare time and it costs you nothing to try. Everyone you know needs Christmas cards and everyone loves Wallace Brown cards. Do you oh. know 10 people? Of course you do. Add up several names. So there's yet another pyramid scheme for selling wow. Christmas cards on the back. Wow. Okay. These ones you don't get prizes. You get actually oh. paid. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um... So that's, yes. Although I, yeah. I, you know, I'd quite like the two-man boat and the archery set, to yeah. be fair. These guys are so. running out of New York. Um, okay. Yeah. So there we go. But I, I did not know this was a thing, advertising to kids to sell Christmas cards. <laughs> oh, crazy anyway that was the end of the issue guys but now we must decide who we're going to toot and who we're going to boot uh, Daniel you can go first as our special guest um, there wasn't a ton in this issue um, although when I was reading it I was thinking about you Claire with uh, there wasn't a full carrot look, but there was a lot of, you know, <laughs> carrot adjacent outfits in this issue. Yes. There was a lot. So I was I was wondering, you know, how, which one of them you were going to boot or if, you know, they were just different enough to be OK. I was uh, I was interested in to see. Um, I feel like we have to we have to do the uh, Mr. Fear outfits. It's it's so wonderful. <laughs> um, especially the slightly updated look on it. Um, like I said, it's it's up there with the plunderer, just the villain yeah. living his best life. Yeah. Um, I think and then, that's why I like Star Saxon so much. He's just he's just out there doing his doing his thing, living his best villain life. Mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about that. I just had a thought with uh, his previous issues where he had like the purple pants and the coat. So mm-hmm. maybe we were you know foreshadowing the Mister Fear reveal with the purple. Hmm. Mm. And who are you gonna? Uh, so you're gonna toot. Who are you gonna boot? Sorry. Um, I said I think I'll boot Karen this issue uh, just because I really didn't like the the brown uh, dress. Um, just all brown just generally doesn't look good. So I think I would uh I would boot her. Yeah, Which, it was. You know, it's, it's bad. She's usually the tooted one, but you know, <laughs> she's a morning one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Well, does that come out wrong? I don't know. No, no, no. I like it. <laughs> Uh, Vix, what about you? I am going to boot Karen's, like, depressed turd morning outfit. <laughs> um, because I did, like, she's she's better than that. She could have gone with a really classy black number. Yeah. You know, or and a, little, a little widow's veil. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tooted Mr. Fear last issue, so I can't really do that again. Uh, I'm going to toot, like, the little festive... Uh, civilian bystander with his because in uh, on Marvel Unlimited like his coat was like bright red and his outfit was um, green so he did look like a little Christmas tree and I'm also going to suit Foggy's little yellow waistcoat adorable I am going to boot Karen (laughs) because she looks awful and yeah you're you're better than this Karen shut up Jarvis Sorry. And, um, but my two is going to be a bit controversial, guys. Oh, 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 I'm going out of the story and I'm going into <gasps> the ads. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I'm going to toot the idea of wearing a chameleon on your lapel because I think that's delightful. 
<laughs> and I'm going to toot that because I want a little chameleon on my lapel. There's a little pet chameleon. It's adorable. So that's going to be my toot. <laughs> Pretty sure, like there's there's a particular breed of cockroach that very rich people uh, wear on as like brooches. But is it a living cockroach? Yeah, it's a living cockroach what? that they like bedazzle and <laughs> wear as brooches. Rich people are crazy. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, so I I would like a little. I'd feel like I was I was like Rapunzel from Tangled with a little chameleon on my lapel. It would be adorable. Uh, right, so uh, what is our panel of the week, guys? I've kind of mentioned mine. I really love the panel where Matt's having his, his pity party, but he's he's talking about how um, he hates you know, having sympathy from people. I think that was really interesting um, character-wise, but my panel visually of the week is Mr. Fear standing on the rooftop going, wah-ha-ha. Uh, what about you, Vex? Yeah, that's mine as well. Yeah? Yeah. What about you, Daniel? Um, I'm going to go the page before the big full-page splash of Mr. Fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of tough. I just I love this whole page nine that um, when he's in, like, the, the alley and steps into the puddle and everything, this whole page is just amazing. Um, it's very, like, reminiscent of, like, Miller when we get to him. Um, yeah. So keep that in mind, you know, that's uh, – it's very that gritty kind of moody um, art, um, but if I had to pick a single panel, I think I'll go with the like rippled punt, uh, puddle with Mister Fear's uh, image in it. Mm. That's pretty cool as well. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and I like that he he doesn't see Mister Fear. He's so in his own world, in his little pity party. He doesn't even see Mister Fear standing above him. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of interesting where his senses are kind of dulled this issue. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. with the, the like the fear gas, um, where you know sometimes he he's sensing heartbeats and stuff. So I'm like, oh, he has his powers. And then there's other panels where I'm like, it's almost kind of like he doesn't have them, or he's just kind of like so wrapped up in his head, he's just kind of ignoring his senses. Yeah, it's almost like, and he says that his senses are the only thing he has left, his super senses. But yeah, they don't really come into play in this. No, because like, when he's even when he's fighting like big was it Big Pete? Um, like I think he even mentions like you know I should have seen him like sensed him behind me, mm. and you know when he gets like hit hit in the back, it's like you know he usually can sense that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well now it is time to decide what we are going to do with this issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Vix, what are the three options for people that don't know? And if they don't know by issue fifty-five, then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, then I'm not going to explain it to you. <laughs> um, so if we decide that this is a an archive-worthy edition, shall we say, it'd get placed on a little ornate pillow and carried out the back to um, the tune of trumpets <laughs> um, and placed into the vault to sit forevermore on its plush pillow uh, because we loved it like that much. Um, then, oh, excuse me, I'm going to yawn. Oh, how rude. I'm so sorry. I don't know where that snuck up on me. <laughs> um, if we decide that we're kind of like, eh, eh, like, you know, not that sure, uh, then it goes under the bar to be used to mop up vomit and for Claire's decoupage <laughs> uh, hobbies. 
And if we decide that it's a terrible issue and it doesn't deserve to be in our presence any longer, then it gets yeeted out of the window into Piss Alley. Okay. So what what are we thinking? Vix, what are you thinking? It was a bit of a... I don't know. It's definitely not vault-worthy. But I don't think it's Piss Alley-worthy either. It was just a bit like, eh. Even with... Like, even Mr. Fear, like... Star Saxon uh, appearing as Mr. Veer couldn't couldn't elevate it much, I'm afraid. So I'm going to go for um, under the bar. Okay, uh, Daniel, what about you? Um, I think I agree. I think I want to go under the bar with this one. Um, there were things about it I really really like. Um, for the most part, I really like the art in this issue. Um, I really like that we're finally getting to the point where you know the soap opera stuff isn't just you know, isn't just mm-hmm. reset every issue. Um, we're finally starting to get real arcs where it carries you know, emotionally um, what's going on between the characters is continuing issue after issue issue and is actually building. Mm. Um, so I really like that. And like I said, I really like the psychology behind um, Daredevil being on like the fear gas and having to deal with the psychology of fear. Um, this was kind of what I wanted the first time Mr. Fear showed up way back in what was it, issue six. Um, so I like that we kind of got that and a little bit more of that, this issue. Um, but the end just kind of felt rushed. Um, like I said, there was, they kind of just throw Star Saxon and then wrap, you know, all that up um, in this issue. Um, I would have liked it being separate. Like, you know, if you're going to do Mr. Fear and then kind of circle back to Saxon. Um, so it just kind of seemed very abrupt at the end. Um, and like I said, I think not, there was, as much as I liked the art, there was a couple of pages that were kind of hard to follow and kind of mm. decide you know, decipher what was going on. So I think it's just, uh, you know, under under the bar kind of issue. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. It's it's a shame because I love Star Saxon and it's it's a bit of a kind of a bit of a a bit of a letdown for his ending here. Um, so, yeah, and really nice artwork and some nice character stuff. But um hard to follow at some points i definitely agree with you daniel on that and yeah just a, a more a more memorable cover than a memorable issue in my opinion yeah definitely um, like i always remember this cover but the issue itself you know mm. is not one that sort of sticks with me okay well uh so it's going under the bar Yay. and now it's time for everyone's favorite podcast segment america's favorite podcast segment and england's and the world's uh it's fixed predicts Okay, Vix, are you ready? Yes. Right, so next issue is called, issue 56, is called, And Death Came Riding. (gasps) Oh my god, please tell me that Power Rider, like, just actual death, one of the horsemen, because (laughs) I would just lit... Like, I would literally wee my pants with excitement if that happened. I can it, tell I... you, sadly, it's not a crossover with the Sandman from DC Comics. Cause... Boo! 
Yeah, which is the um, best the best version of death. Uh, see, see, I don't think that Star Saxon's dead. Ooh, okay. Because that was too that was too abrupt. It was too abrupt an ending. So he's not dead. So that's that's who I reckon death is. Like, so he's, he's gonna, gonna come back in another costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another costume, okay. looking like the Grim Reaper. And he's gonna appear, and he's gonna be like, "Ha ha!" Like, "Ha ha!" And Dead was gonna be like Star Saxon. He's like, "Oh damn it!" <laughs> God damn it! Um, it's. I know it's not gonna be. Like, I. I wish. I so wish for. I so wish for death. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's, I know it's not going to be, um, but it's going to, I reckon it's going to be along those lines. It's either going to be like Star Saxon who isn't actually dead, or it's going to be Matt, like, okay. as himself. What's, what's going to happen about like, this whole wacky, faked death situation? Maybe he's going to be like, hey, look, surprise, I didn't actually, like, die in, in, in the, I was going to say bike accident, that's not what I mean, the plane accident. Mm. Um, I've just been, like, lost in the jungle for a little while. <laughs> Again, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm back now. <laughs> Maybe that's how like Matt is gonna decide that like he gets out of this. He's <laughs> like, I'm just gonna bring Matt back. I'm gonna bring myself back, um, and I'll come up with a ridiculous explanation. Like I was lost in the jungle. I don't think there are any jungles over like New York or anything, but um, like New York. But yeah, and I've just been wandering the countryside, and I've had a bit of amnesia. But I'm back now. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had an amnesia plotline yet, have we? Haven't mm. we? Uh, no, not, y- not yet. yet. I feel like that <laughs> that has to happen soon. <laughs> yeah, like it's so, such a staple of comics. So that's yeah, I reckon. Like, see, it's going to be one of two. It's either going to be Star Saxon who isn't dead. He like pops up again, surprise, um, or it's going to be Matt as himself okay. going, surprise, I'm not dead. <laughs> Would you like some more details? Yes. Okay. So, next issue, which I said is called And Death Came Riding. The description is as follows. Daredevil goes looking for Karen Page with the intention of proposing. When he finds her, Dee Dee comes across an evil plight. A skeletal creature calling itself Death's Head has kidnapped Karen's father. Daredevil makes a promise to eliminate this threat, but after doing battle with Death, his promise seems impossible to keep. So it was actually death. <laughs> it's death's head. It's just his oh, head. Just his head. Just, yeah. just his head, like, bobbing around in a, in a tank. And I think Daniel knows, uh, as I do, that it's the start of something quite big. This next issue. It is. Um, yeah, big things happening for Karen. Big things. Yeah. Yep. Is she getting a new wardrobe? Is that the next? <laughs> oh, unlike the the Netflix show, it will not be her directly causing the death of someone and then stealing their life. <laughs> oh dear! Which me and my colleague were laughing about again the other day. <laughs> yeah. Never forget. Just... Never forget. That's what Karen Never did. Never forget. Yeah. Um, the layers of soap opera on this, like if we ever actually get the two of them to sit down, like, can you just imagine, <laughs> like, the layers of that conversation? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, any additional predictions, Vix? Uh, I'm I'm excited to meet Karen's dad. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about Karen's dad. 
<gasps> Ooh, okay. <laughs> what? Just the way you said it. It's oh, like, okay. oh, okay. Mm. okay. We'll see about Mr. Page. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, okay, well, that is the uh, that is everything for this issue. Daniel, thanks again for coming on. I know you're super yes, busy. Thank and it's you. The, you know, it's wrapping up for the holidays and everything. Yeah, I appreciate having on. It's uh, It's been fun being on. It's been a minute, so it was nice just to t- take a break and discuss some Daredevil. Yeah, absolutely. And it's there was some, um, I think, some good points in this issue as well, but uh, it's definitely leading up to some more exciting stuff, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, excited to have you back on. The, the, yeah. They kind of pick off the bones here, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, I think I haven't got you on no. for a while. I think you're next on for issue 99. So I have wow. to get you on again yes. before that, even though that's a a very big issue, Vix. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy that one. Yeah, I think Vix will really enjoy that one. <laughs> is is that the one with my boy? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have to get Daniel back before that anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did want to say the uh, mm-hmm. we did have a little bit of a cane watch in this issue. I don't know if you uh, oh, still have did. that list. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, there was something new added in the cane with the uh, compartment with the fear pellets being hidden inside. Yeah, I didn't even thank you. I It's been so long since we've had a proper cane watch is, that yeah, I completely even forgot it was there. But yeah, maybe he removed the tape recorder that was in that <laughs> compartment or the little acid vial or whatever it was and put the fear pellets in there. As, you know, instead. And the pheromone treated shower curtain. The, fer- the pheromone treated shower curtain, yeah. Yeah, but um... I could just I could just imagine like Star Saxon pulling all this shit out of the billy. <laughs> what the hell is all this rubbish in here? Yeah. Jeez. I just want to put two little pellets in here. What is all of this? I've got to get rid of all this stuff first. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything you want to promote this week, Daniel? It doesn't have to be anything you've done. Just anything you've enjoyed. Um. Like I said, I've, I've kind of, you know, just been nose to the grindstone for the last couple of weeks. Um, we are continuing with the uh, Green Lantern uh, book club. Um, so that's been pretty regularly. Every, every Wednesday night uh, is generally when we meet about uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so this coming week, we're looking at a couple, couple of kind of random issues. We're doing like a Silver Age issue from like the 60s and then a couple of issues from the 80s. So... Um, if you're ever interested, um, just make sure you guys pop on to the blog VOA um, Facebook page, mm. and then that's where all of our info's there. And I think there's a, a link to the the blog VOA um, website that has a link to the email. Um, so if you ever have any questions, um, you can hop on there and shoot me a line. Um, and then also I just wanted to say the uh, Rick Vervanis group, um, the Captain America mm-hmm. comic book fans, uh, still rolling strong. Um, he's still doing his podcast. So um, he was on here one time. So if you have any yeah. interest in Captain America, um, that's a good good website. It's a good group of people. And they also do weekly podcasts on Captain America. And they have a lot of uh, comic professionals um, on there as guests, uh, giving kind of their insights. And then other times they just kind of review uh, different story arcs and things. So I think they've got a, a Christmas special one coming up. Uh, where they're going to look at the best and worst like comic book related gifts they've ever gotten. Nice. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Awesome. Yeah, they sound way more organised than than we are in Josie's bar. 
<laughs> Although we might be doing a Christmas episode, we're not sure what it will be yet, are we, Vex? Mm, yeah. It might be the second annual, I think that's probably what we'll do. Because mm-hmm. that's definitely coming up soon. soon. I can't remember exactly when. Awesome, and I know Vix wants to promote the Hawkeye show because... Yes! Because it's so good! Yeah. <laughs> it is so good, loving it. Yeah, it was very good. And it's, yeah, like, I I did I did do quite a big cry um, during the last episode. Yeah, it's, it's very good, so, very enjoyable. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't read the, the um, Fraction Azure run that it's based on, um, My Life is a Weapon, you should read it. It's the mm. best, best Hawkeye run. It is absolutely the best Hawkeye run ever. Yeah, it's great. Read it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, it's time at the bar. Ding, 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 we'll be back next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via Josie's Bar at reactionary-sass.com, on facebook.com at Josie's Bar Podcast, at Instagram or Twitter at Josie's Bar, or on Tumblr at josiesbarpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also call the SAS line, 321-710-4947. Our other podcasts and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sas.com.